Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Football is back, and so is Cash the Ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni every week this fall. That's picks, parlays, and that's sweet, sweet value. Cactus included on all the NFL and college football matchups. Full breakdowns on the biggest games, but if you have a life, you don't have 45 minutes to spare, we've got you. We're the most on-demand podcast. We're catered to you and the teams you love. That's Cash the Ticket. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. The hits principle is corny, old-fashioned, and all that. But you know what? These guys are buying in. And Dan Weeder. I get criticized all the time for being negative in my coverage of the Chicago Bears. And I tell people, again, it's my 10th season. I have covered one winning season and zero playoff victories. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome in to Take the North, episode 8 already. This is game week. We're in the midst of game week. Labor Day is over. It's time to get to work. David Hall with Dan Reederer. We are at Take the North Pod on your Twitter machine. Adam Stadzinski, our capable producer, keeping us going and on the air and in this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, on the Odyssey app or Spotify or Apple or wherever. Keep finding us. We appreciate the support. We appreciate you finding us last week for Dan's great interviews with Justin Fields and Luke Getze. And we have so much to talk about this week because there was some blockbuster news (laughs) over the holiday weekend, Dan. Yeah. First of all, I got to say that that intro music is starting to get my uh, blood pumping every time we start an episode, right? Like we've got some momentum brewing here. And as you mentioned, we're in game week. But obviously, before we get to game week, we have to talk about major changes at the top of the power structure of the Chicago Bears organization. Obviously, the news broke Friday morning, late Friday morning, shortly after you and I got off the air co-hosting on 670 The Score. Ted Phillips, president and CEO, after 24 seasons in that role, this coming February will step down from that position. David, you can look visually on the screen i've got pages and pages and pages of things i want to get to and i know you're you're going to rein me in because i just think this is a very important conversation to have about the football team that we cover well i think you're right your ted talk could be a marathon because (laughs) i think that you have much to say like so many people though in chicago and as i say that dan we both know from covering this team and this franchise for as long as we have that most Bears fans in the audience are right now nodding their heads. Yeah, I get it. I know because they have so much to say and so much to think and so much of that emotional baggage that they have carried into each and every season for the last decade especially. Let me ask you this before we get into the nuts and bolts and the legacy and and, and some of the things that we're going to talk about. Got to ask you, we're both newspaper guys. We both were on the air Friday morning. We both evaluate the news business for a living. Yeah. Was there anything – to the timing of this announcement, the Friday before Labor Day weekend, traditionally the news dump phase of the any anybody's calendar. Do you think this was a news dump by the Bears? 
I think I texted you that very question a couple hours after this happened, and I think you nodded your head vigorously over text and said, yes, there was something to the timing of this, that this is traditionally a moment where you kind of try to dump out major news in a way that it won't get massive attention, right? And, and so for the Bears to announce uh, a decision that obviously had been made well in advance of Friday, right? We know by, by the way the stories were written, first by our good friend Dan Pompey at The Athletic, and then obviously, of course, by Larry Mayer of Chicago Trib- or, I'm sorry, ChicagoBears.com, that this has been something that's been in the works for a while. And so, yeah, as an organization, you time the release of that. And they certainly seem to time it for the Friday of a holiday weekend, perhaps to keep some of the tomatoes and missiles and grenades that that Ted Phillips typically takes to a minimum. So your story in the Sunday Chicago Tribune was outstanding. ChicagoTribune.com for those who haven't seen it. It was long. You know it was long. It could have been longer. Actually, it could have been twice as long and and then some, Dan. I mean, these are the kinds of things that that you know we'll we'll continue to say the legacy is, is complicated, but is it really? See, and as I read it, I felt like I, with all due respect, it was tremendous, but I felt like I had written that maybe a decade ago because the story hasn't changed dramatically. The things that we, you know, uh, the Bears fans lament now are things that they have been lamenting for so long. And and the fact of the matter is, and and I mean this with all due respect, Ted Phillips will be retiring, if you will, next, next, uh, after this season, next winter, as he has chosen, but he will be retiring as the symbol of underachievement for a franchise that is historically underachieved. And that's not a great legacy to to necessarily have. Listen, your dog believes that that's not a great legacy to have either. He wants a piece of this conversation as well, because there's a lot of people that have a lot to say on this. The fact that you have written that story previously and that I'm just sort of redoing it at a time that the, the president and CEO is stepping away is what makes this so sad. It's this quarter century worth of failure and mediocrity and it to me david it represents the sort of failures of leadership right and in leadership of the chicago bears organization two things that they typically lack are vision and supervision and ted represents both of those things right the deficiencies in both of those areas that have prevented this team from doing anything meaningful let's just give the numbers right out of the gate so people understand what this is 23 seasons this will be season 24 so some of these numbers can be added to if you'd like eight last place finishes only six playoff appearances okay you don't want to have more last place finishes than playoff appearances only three playoff victories that's sad in and of of itself over 23 years a 177 and 192 regular season record that is the definition of middle of the road and mediocrity only one time have they had back-to-back winning seasons that's a good 16 years ago now 2005 and 2006. I mean, you cannot look at this any other way than to say that this organization has failed. And if you're going to say that this organization has failed, you go right up to the top of the food chain with the chairman, George McCaskey, currently the team president and CEO, Ted Phillips. And you, you, you make sure that they take the scrutiny that they deserve. And I think it's what, what makes it complicated is, is we're not being unfair here necessarily. We're trying to be respectful because he is an executive and he has some accomplishments that the, you know, a part of that legacy as well. He did get Soldier Field renovated uh, on the on the site that it currently sits. He is in charge of the move to Arlington Heights. There are business victories that you look at a team that is worth or a franchise that's worth five point eight billion dollars, and yet you feel a sense of boy, you know, they own, have, they're underperforming. They could be worth much more. That the Chicago Bears in a market that is passionate about football, boy, 
In a league that prints money, right? <laughs> exactly. And Soldier Field was outdated, you know, shortly after it was was opened. And I, I think the new that's the new Soldier Field. And now, so I wondered this, you know, because I think historically what we have always said about the Bears, and, and that's why I say the symbol of underachievement is that they they really have never known what they don't know. That's and, it. And that's that's the problem that's when it. you're running a football organization is that you're you 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 want to understand the football part of it because that's that's what it's all about in the NFL. You can run a smart business practices with everything else, but if you don't know football, you're in the wrong business. So, so, so do this with me for a few minutes here. Let's do this little exercise together because we start in the present day, right? And we understand that this new regime and a new reboot of Chicago Bears football is heading in to the 2022 season with most of the outside world believing that they are a bottom five or six football team, right? And they believe that because they had to bring in a new general manager, they had to bring in a new head coach, and they had to completely overhaul the roster. Now, I'm going to put you in, in, in the Bill and Ted time machine so that we can try to figure out why Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are digging out from this rubble. Well, let's go back first to 2019. Today, Monday, as we record this, September 5th is the three-year anniversary of when the Chicago Bears opened the 100th season of the NFL against the Green Bay Packers downtown at Soldier Field. We talked about this, the energy that was in this city at that point with the understanding that this was a team that had won a division championship and seemed to be in the middle of a Super Bowl run, right? Like they could make runs at trying to win the Super Bowl for three, four, five, six years. Guess what happened? They didn't, right? And it started in 2019 when they dramatically underachieved and they went eight and eight. And they went eight and eight because in big part, their quarterback struggled. And then their quarterback struggled with struggling and he never got unlocked. And they stumbled to the end of that year with great disappointment in the way that that whole thing had unfolded. Okay. So who drafted the quarterback? Ryan Pace. Who hired Ryan Pace? Ted Phillips. Who was in charge of supervising Ryan Pace? Ted Phillips. Right? So that's 2019. They follow again in 2020 with another highly disappointing season. Right? And in 2020, they come back to us at the end of that year with David, as you well remember, one of the most landmark, embarrassing moments in franchise history, that Zoom call that George and Ted sat on and basically told you that they liked the way that Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy collaborated, and thus the failures in their results would be overlooked because they were good men and men of character. And so we can get into that here for a little bit, but let's start here, because if we're going to talk about Ted Phillips, we're certainly going to talk about the one quote that he had in that highly embarrassing Zoom conference that that really, to me, sort of shall be written atop his legacy forevermore. It was, de- it was defining. It, it was Ted Phillips, like it or not, defining moment. And this is how it sounded to us at the time. This is a people business. And when we step back and we've taken a look at what are the qualities of a successful manager, general manager and a head coach, uh, we feel that Ryan and Matt check off lots of those boxes. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Have we won enough games? No. Everything else is there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing David, else there. There's no there, there. there if this you is, cannot get the quarterback right. This this, this was back in the the pandemic Zoom era, right? Where you're you're right. you're you're listening to these things from your home office while muted on Zoom because it's not your question, I vividly remember hitting my desk, 
pushing my chair away from the table and being like, oh, my God, the president and CEO of the Chicago Bears, a charter franchise in the NFL, just downplayed the inability to get the quarterback position right or win enough games, right? And you said, this is it, Chicago Bears fans. This is why you will never have a sustained run of success because these are the people that are leading your organization. There'll be people that defend Ted and say he has nothing to do with football. I say, in the words of, of our friend, Peggy Kaczynski, poppycock. <laughs> that's, that's poppycock because if you are in a role where you have this much clout and you've developed this much say in an organization over 23 years, you need to take responsibility for the failures that occur. And the sheer inability to recognize when pronounced failures have occurred is one of the major problems that this franchise has had forever. Have I been late for work? <laughs> yes. Have I completed every project successfully? No. Am I a good employee? How in the world do you come to the conclusion after he asks those rhetorical questions? That's the baffling thing. And if that's how it still sounds as silly now as it did then. And that's just the beginning of what I think you have compiled as Ted's greatest hits. Right. And, and, and listen, you know, one of the other parts of this is, is, is George McCaskey and the family and their, their profound trust in Ted and all the things that they uh, believe in him for that don't necessarily equate to what their entire world is about, which should be successful football for a football organization. But this was some from that same Zoom call in 2020 of George expressing his praise for why he believes in Ted the way he does. The leadership that Ted Phillips has displayed during the pandemic has been extraordinary. It is yet another example of why our family has so much faith in him as the Bears president and CEO. He communicated frequently and extensively with our staff and made sure that they know that their health and safety is our top priority. He streamlined work at home requirements and allayed the fears of staff that there would be layoffs or furloughs. I'm particularly grateful for Ted's steady hand when the team faced adversity during this past season and as he and I went through the end of season evaluation process. We had vigorous discussions over the course of several weeks. Those conversations, as well as regular meetings with Ryan and Matt, including this week, have been candid and constructive and have culminated in the decisions we're sharing with you today. So I want to play one more audio clip just so we can bring this discussion full circle, but go ahead okay. with, with what you have on that one. Yeah, I, I, want to, I want to add something to that. See, I think this is what I'm talking about when you heard what George had to say there and how he said it. When I'm, and I don't mean this again, we're not trying to be attacking by saying the Bears don't know what they don't know. But their definition of success somehow when they're running a football operation in the NFL, I think you referred to it as the most cutthroat pro sports organization in the world. And it is. And it yep. is. I think that by they just define the job differently for team president. And I think when we look at team president from the outside of, of 1920 football drive, it's that, OK, how are how often are you competing for Super Bowls? How competitive right. are you on the year in and year out basis on the field? See, I think the Bears for whatever reason, I think this is where they're naive. They come across as really out of touch. They think that Ted Phillips was there to make everybody feel better about going to work and, <laughs> and have the, op the operation functioning smoothly during the pandemic, in the business board meeting, boardrooms, during those meetings where you're, you're planning, you know, what uh, how, your, your revenue uh, projections. 
not football. And that's the only thing I've been consistent about from the day I got here to, to now, through, the, through his 23 seasons. Where's the football guy in the organization that has identified that this isn't good enough and you need to get to the playoffs more often and you've got to, hey, compete and win a Super Bowl. And I think that's the, the football definition of the job has always been one they haven't fully grasped. So, so you use the word naive. I would use the word ignorant to describe the exact same thing, right? The, the inability to understand what it is that it takes to achieve high-level success in this league. Along with that comes this little soundbite from George McCaskey from the same Zoom conference. Again, remember what happened in 2020. The Bears lost six games in a row. Uh, they ended up stealing the, the, the first ever number seven seed in the NFC, which I think confused them a little bit. But here was George on talking about one of the primary reasons that he opted to keep Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy together and in power for 2021. Ryan and Matt are men of character. They are both, like Ted, outstanding leaders. I've been most impressed with how well they collaborate. I was impressed with both of them this past season, especially during the six-game losing streak. The fact that our players never gave up is a tribute to the players. Holy moly, David. That, I mean, that's the other, <laughs> yeah. that's the other defining quote. The, the, the success and resolve during the six-game losing streak, you're crediting them for being so bad they had to show resilience. They went almost two calendar months between victories that year, right? In a year where George McCaskey opened the season by saying the one thing that 2020 was going to be about was determining whether this football team was closer to the 12 and 4 team that won a division and set the world on fire in 2018 or the 8 and 8 mediocrity slug that they were in 2019. They got the exact answer they wanted. It was identical to 2019 at 8 and 8. They ended up losing the playoff game to the Saints and finished 8 and 9. George came back to you and told you the reason he was most impressed with Ryan and Matt was because of their resilience during a six-game losing streak. It tells you everything you need to know about what they value. They value personality over production. Right. And they value feeling good over actually achieving. Right. And, and this has been the problem forever. Now, again, if you want to go and, and, and turn the sights on George McCaskey for those things and say, take some of this blame off Ted Phillips, that's fine. But George has also told you how much he trusts in Ted. And Ted has had a say for 23 years and an ability to say, maybe we try something different. And he didn't say that until this past offseason when he told George before they went out to hire a new, pre, uh, a new uh, general manager and head coach that, hey, listen, I'm not going to oversee the general manager anymore. I'm not qualified for this. You're going to need to do it. Right. And George I, said, OK, I, I'll agree with that. But, but I, I would I would almost go back to seeing when, it, when I'm looking at this and reading your story and, and trying to evaluate the Ted Phillips era, if you will, or error, as we say, um, he had an opportunity after the 2012 season. And when they fired Lovey Smith after going 10 and six, I didn't necessarily like it, and, and I, but I understood it only with this asterisk and caveat and, and it never happened. But if they were committed and they understood that they were raising the standard at House Hall because that wasn't good enough, they didn't make the playoffs and they were going to embark on a path that was more aggressive and they were going to have higher standards and try to be e e even more cutthroat than that implied, Okay, then that would have been a new Ted Phillips. Instead, 
they reacted with some eccentricities and bizarre behavior and bad hires one after another. They hired Phil Emery and then they, you know, they followed that up with Mark Tressman and firing Levy Smith gave them an opportunity to set the standard a little bit higher. They never met that standard again. And I think they have been waiting since Levy left town to win a playoff game. Yeah, I've been here the whole time. You don't have to remind me. (laughs) Exactly. And getting there wasn't good enough during the the weird year that that was. But and and I think that it made 2018 feel like a fluke. And I think that's what you want to avoid as a good organization. So so a couple last things for me, because I know we have to tie this up and I'm not going to get to everything in my pages and pages of notes. I think I've, I've consistently criticized this franchise for too frequently shrugging past mediocrity. Right. And that I don't think anyone can deny. I also think they shrug past landmark failure. Right. And when you go back to the 2017 decision to draft Mitch Trubisky and not only to draft Mitch Trubisky, but to trade away a bunch of draft picks to move up one slot from number three to number two, skip over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and do so with a general manager who did not involve his coaching staff heavily in that part of the process. And then you have the people above that general manager who are supposed to be performing a sophisticated football informed performance review of the person leading their organization, never really holding him accountable for that, never really worrying that that is what led them to drafting a quarterback who ultimately failed, who ultimately left town, who ultimately left the last regime to draft a new quarterback, which ultimately leaves this new regime to try to develop that quarterback. You're missing the point on why this thing keeps tumbling like a Jenga tower, right? It's like putting up the Jenga tower in the preschool and then being like, I don't know how that thing keeps falling over, right? Like, well, because you're not making sure that it doesn't fall over at every possible thing. And so there's this, this thought process, David, that Oh, don't worry about Ted. He doesn't meddle in football. And, and in, in a story I wrote last fall, or it was in December, about the dysfunction and, and, and disorder within the organization, a source said to me, there's a big difference between meddling and providing productive oversight and guidance and leadership, right? And that's the failure that this organization has at the top that, to your point, they don't seem to recognize that they have. And the last thing I'll say about the Ted Phillips uh, decision or announcement, because I don't feel like it's something – I want to spend the season, you know, reminiscing (laughs) about the good old days. They weren't that good, you know, and I think this is a a step in the right direction for the Bears organization. And so, yeah, I give him credit for being the front man for organization. There's a lot of scrutiny that comes with it. But I, I think this, the Bears have to take this and view this as an opportunity to restructure the organization. And I don't think they can get caught in this this uh, you know, it, paralyzed by the present, if you will. They need to keep their eyes on the future, have that vision. I like the way you said the vision and supervision are two things that have been lacking. And so now I don't care what kind of year Ryan Poles has with Matt Eberflus as a head coach. And I, I would applaud him if they actually look like they, he's in the, in the right general manager for this point in time. But what you want to do when you have Ted Phillips leaving is now taking advantage of looking at the future points in time and, restructure your organization so you have a football president you have a business president and they're two separate jobs and the business of the bears is different from what happens on the field they can be tied you can collaborate you can do whatever you want but have somebody who establishes a direction that your general manager follows and those guys are in sync with your coach ideally and then everybody starts to win Super Bowls again, or at least compete for them in a way the Bears just haven't. So here's my last thought on that that goes completely hand-in-hand with what you just said. George said in uh, this past January that he doesn't see anything magical about a football czar. That quote is out there. That soundbite is out there that, that floats around. 
There isn't anything magical about a football czar, but it's certainly helpful for an organization that does not have football people at the top of their power structure. George tells you himself, I'm not a football evaluator. I am a fan. Ted has told you we're all fans. You know, we're just trying to make decisions that are the best for this football team. I'm going to give you one more little moment from January. And this was after they hired Ryan Poles and Matty Refluse and had the introductory news conference in the auditorium at Hallis Hall. And George McCaskey took questions following that. And this is a quote from, from George here. And he said, I would say the best part of the interviews was when Bill Polian was talking football with a general manager candidate or a head coaching candidate. All you can do is sit back and soak up that knowledge. It was an exciting and educational opportunity for us. While George is saying that, Ted is sitting in a, a seat on the side of the room and he's nodding vigorously. And it's, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And I was laughing in that moment, David, because this is the charter franchise of the National Football League. It's not some upstart Division Three college program that is seeking outside counsel for how to run a successful program. The fact that they needed Bill Polian after three seasons of a pronounced nosedive to come in and illuminate for them that they had to clean house to me was telling. And the fact that they, they, they sit in Bill Polian's presence and they feel like, well, this guy knows more than we could ever know. It's embarrassment that they don't even recognize to be embarrassed by that they don't know what they don't know. The fact that they would have to hire a consultant to tell them who to hire to be better to fire. <laughs> when you're talking about you're the Chicago Bears, you should be giving courses in leadership, not taking them. And that's the biggest problem right now. And I think now that Ted Phillips has decided to retire, now all those things are possible if they can find somebody, if they can redirect and they can figure out, you know, find out what they don't know because it's been this way for too long. That's about the future, Dan. We can we'll have plenty more to say. It's going to be a long goodbye to Ted Phillips, and it's way overdue, but we will continue to talk about that. That's the future. Let's talk about the present. 